the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. It's another Sunday in Minnesota. It's cold, but sunny. And of course, I'm gathered with my comrades in soccer and nonsense, Bridget and Eric. How about you guys, chickens? How are you guys doing? I saw Eric was skiing, right? You were skiing? <laughs> I I was a little hesitant yesterday because, as you said, it is very cold. And it's always the first five or ten minutes that are, in fact, pretty cold. But once the body gets warmed up and you get moving, don't really feel it. And that that was the case. So Once you're numb, you don't you don't know about it numb. anymore. So. <laughs> Not exactly that, but sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was a, it was a nice little... Uh, short outing but yeah how are you Bridget all right um kind of ramping up soccer stuff for the year figuring out the uh outlets situations um we're getting there um otherwise uh we yesterday my niece is turning six next week this week um so we what had a birthday time. party yesterday. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> One <laughs> of, of these days in the in the in the near future, she's turning what? six. So her birthday party was yesterday, and nice. um, she has her little brother and then two cousins. So it was a bunch of us, and then four kids under the age of six, and a dog. So it was, it was entertaining. It was fun. Yeah, that sounds like um, there was a lot of use of cocaine at that party, then, huh? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of energy. <laughs> That's a lot oh, yeah. of energy. Uh-huh. Like, they'd be like, hey, here's a bouncy castle. You guys jump in and we'll lock it. And then <laughs> yeah, when you guys tie yourself out, just take a nap. Bouncing go. on the couch and everyone got a little crabby. So we ate and then boom, they're like off again. It's like, That's, all right, I guess yeah. you just needed food. Great. Yeah. <laughs> was did the dog last or was the dog at some point just like, you know what? I need a break from all this uh she hung out she's old but okay. used to used to the kids so she puts up with it pretty well she was okay, kind of standing good. around and eventually she just laid down and they kept running into her and she just like shrug yeah. <laughs> like okay do whatever i love all dogs they're like the best yeah they're the best thing that remind you of being like crabby human and be like oh <laughs> boom <laughs> yeah i don't really care i don't give a shit just go on. Yeah. yeah. She so, kept like, doesn't really hurt me, you know? Yep. Yeah. She kept uh, kind of making the rounds. So she'd hang out by me for a little while and I'd scratch her ears and we'd kind of sit there in a corner and she'd move on to the next person. And yeah, it was, it was insane, but it was fun. So nice. Yeah. That's, that's to hear. Any, any big news? Well, um, I know there is a, a big piece of news, but I don't yeah. talk about that one, but anything yep. else. Yeah, my wonderful wife, my better half, and actually the person who contributed to this week's NWSL 
uh, segment, which I've titled uh, Nubia's News with a Broken Busted Knee um, because she had knee surgery. She had uh, meniscus reattachment. And um, so I just been playing, just not playing, but being supportive and just helping her out. Um, and I like to thank a lot of people who reach out to us and because it's hard for me to like acknowledge help. And so like I and take it sometimes. Um, and so like a lot of people have been reaching out and I appreciate it. And also people are asking how else we can help. And I'll just put a thing on Twitter so people can help us in a sense because Nubia's out for six weeks. She's feeling much better today than surgery day. Um, that was an eventful thing. But overall, you know, she was up this morning to to watch um liverpool with g and so that was interesting for her because i don't think i don't think nubia has a epl team yet so i don't know we'll figure it out so um but overall we're doing okay so my parents came over yesterday uh my sister-in-law came over and emil prepped for the week uh, for us and so it's just you know overall people taking care of each other which i'm always thankful for so very nice. Solidarity. That's good. Good to hear. Um, okay. Well, let's jump in. Um, I'm going directly to YouTube for Minnesota United news, uh, preseason stuff. We don't know a lot, but uh, Bridget and Rigo tell me the, the few things we do know. We do know that we know nothing. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Literally, it was just a We know friendly... that there's nothing to know. Yeah. Just a friendly, right? I mean, is a friendly yeah. with Philly. Yep. And it was a tie. And that's pretty much it. They're traveling, I think, this week. Um, there were pictures of, uh, oh, I, I thought the, uh, the Perlis Loom um, put up some pictures of, of, um, of training. And I thought those were cool. I liked a lot of them. I saw Totina Marina was there. Still missing Reynoso. Um, <laughs> I'll just laugh. That's... So, so we'll see. We'll see at what part of the season he just shows up because he needs all the healing because he gets chopped on the knee and the legs all the if, time. So we'll if see. He shows up. Yeah. Well, I mean, he can, he can take a he can take out a book out of Winaldo and see if he shows up virtually, right? You know, be the first virtual MLS the player. Thing, <laughs> the only thing I yes, the only thing I noticed from the account was like some extremely uh, homoerotic pool partying. <laughs> all the time with all the guys just like <laughs> half naked and flying all over the place. I'm just like, okay, good yeah, stuff. Cool. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they post those every year. That's yeah, uh, it gets, that's... it gets traction. On and then we, media, and then, so. and then I'm we sure, I'm about... sure it does specific demographics. Yeah. So, I mean, there, uh, you know, there, there's some, yeah, no, I don't, I don't mind that at all. I actually look forward to some oh, of those parts of the season. It's, yeah. it's good, to, it's good to see him having fun. And if you follow the Instagram, they'll, they've been posting some of the videos of like their their random entertainment. Oh um, yeah. So th- the other day, it was like rolling a quarter and trying to get it to stick in the tines of a fork. Um, that one was funny to watch. Uh, yes, because uh, who won it both times? Um, Freddie. Freddie, yeah. Yep, Freddie won it both times. Yep. Um, and then yesterday there was a, they asked all the guys what day it was and cause they're in training and days don't matter. Mm. They were a little confused. 
And so that was funny. I mean, it's it's all of us, right? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna um, say it's the last two two or three years. So uh, yeah, I yeah, don't know what that, that was. Is. Yeah, that was fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, with with Ray gone, we in that uh, friendly, which obviously isn't televised or like um, we don't get live updates, but they did show the video of Lude scoring, um, assisted by Bongi. I think Bongi scored as well. Um, so maybe we see some more Lude playing centrally um, or up front in place of Reynoso. Reynoso. Okay. Um, or kind of, you know, supporting up there more so than right. on the wing, um, which we've we've seen it before. So yeah. um, we, we've talked about that option as well, too, with the what if Reynoso gets hit by a bus scenario, who would be the, the creating force? Exactly. Of course, is yeah. So, yeah. No, so, I mean, uh, it's go ahead. No, that's I was gonna ask. So, I have already only answered this, but no, no news or movement on the uh double Korean situation. Oh, no, yeah. Um, okay. I think one of them re signed right with their club, yeah. I forget which one. So, it's down to one, I think it's the old guy, okay. um, yeah, older, older gentleman, no, which is what MJ kind of was was saying was gonna happen yeah. anyway. I mean it's it's going pretty much as expected. I think yeah, they're yeah. still like entertaining multiple offers. And I think um, they should. Um, right. Yeah. They're also, you know, um I think it, it's pretty much I I I inquire with Andy Greeter about, you know, Jogo and they were telling, you know, they said they had put in a report that that their that his uh, his team is, is give him a gift for the loan and now they want more money and I don't think they're going to pay for it, which kind of scares me. Cause right now we don't, we don't really have a backup six. Um, and I know Hassani Dotson's always been the, you know, let's put this player here uh, type of thing. And I, I like him to be more aggressive and just be more involved in the offense and, I personally don't see him as a six, but I'm I'm assuming that's the role he's going to play this year, uh, because there was no, there seems to be no other pursuit for another six or six-minded player, unless you know we end up going to that list that we talked about last last week's episode about who's available, um, older veteran, which might not be a bad route, but overall, you know, we seem to have just a lot of young attacking talent but no real um center midfield type of like connecting yeah. passer folks which can be can be detrimental in the aspects of like you know everyone pulls goes forward when the ball's going forward and then you got only one person in the middle and then no one wants to come back so yeah and he i mean Hassani wants to play more centrally whether he will or won't is a question but then he's He's also still working back into fitness from the ACL. So uh, we might not see a right. whole lot of them for the first couple months. He looks um, good in training, though. Like, I've seen him. He do does. I just, he does. I mean, he's not going to be going, right. and, like, and, starting full 90s yeah. for a while. And we'll see but, how Ariaga 
fits into this whole thing too. So all right, that's enough. It's way too much on Minnesota United. You guys said there was nothing. You're still going. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> we like to talk about soccer rumors. Jeez. Yeah, but th- th- that that is this is the least important. I want to get to the good stuff. Let's we're, go to Minneapolis. We're City. talking about players we actually have, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Minneapolis City uh, dropped the big news this week in terms of uh, local football uh, with new head coach, a name that. All three of us and probably the majority of you listeners are very familiar with. It is Carl Craig coming back, the punk rock Jordy badass that that at once upon a time has it really been seven years ago. It's so weird mm-hmm. to say that seven years ago um, was the head coach of Minnesota United before. Uh, another Englishman. They, they probably don't even want to be grouped together as English people. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing, just considering all the the cultural differences between. Where, where Craig and he are from. from. Two, they are from two very different sides of Manchester. Exactly, so. exactly. Um, but anyway, he's back uh, after being with uh, Forward Madison and doing some other things as well. Um, it's going to be awesome. What, what a what a fun ride. What a great pick just to bring the energy. And, and you know, just, just besides have, being a really cool guy and having a great personality, he, he's a good coach. Like, he, he knows the yeah. game. He knows what to do. Yeah. Um, so it'll be cool, but it'll be interesting to see what he does with mm-hmm. uh, Minneapolis City. I'll throw it to you too. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm just happy Carl is back in the city, so that way we can finally have a rematch of the futsal tournament we had, and he can <laughs> be some sort of representative. Because I was coached, I was coached uh, for ten minutes by Carl Craig, and so was Isa, right. but Isa was more like, whatever, you know, this is just an old guy. Um, but <laughs> the rest of us she were did like, not yes, know what she had at that time, yeah, and yep. she did not. <laughs> That's okay. But yeah, no, I think it's an exciting move. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people were like, holy shnikes, you know, um, came out of left field. And this is some great soccer news in the sense. I'm sure they'll fill up the squad and um, they'll figure out what else to do. But um, I think um, Bridget found out too is what, uh, what, what Coach Matt will be doing now. So what will Matt will be doing? Do you know Bridget? Yeah, he's, he's taking on the GM role. Um, so a bit more of kind of overseeing things, but uh, he decided it was time to, you know, get some more family time, a little more work-life balance instead of spending um, every day on the pitch uh, or training. So um, good for him as well. Uh, And he, when they started kind of talking about that and started talking to Carl, they realized it was going to be, um, he was going to be the right fit in the and um, good for the direction the club has been going. Um, and with this season, they're they're going to focus on USL um, versus having the uh, the two squads that are right. like switching switching personnel. I think um, that's going to be a huge difference, honestly. I think. Yeah. So between, I mean, between Carl coming in, bringing some new insights to that. Um, and then having that um, being hype 100% focused on mm-hmm. USL play rather than having multiple squads um, should be a pretty, pretty big season from them. Indeed. Indeed. Um, I remember, I guess it was the first time Wes introduced me to him and then he disappeared. And I think you all have, have met Carl Craig as well, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Right. And, yep. and so, you know, how, like one question or one comment 
just immediately expands into all these like multiverses. And and I remember like it's he's so easy to talk to and it's so fluid and you just kind of get going. And I looked down at my phone to check the time because I'm like, man, Wes has been gone for just a little bit. It was like an hour and a half. (laughs) Once once you get started, like like I said, you get pulled in all these directions and all these conversations. It's like he's just the one of the coolest dudes to talk to. And just you just kind of like ride the wave. Yeah, I I think it was after home opener at Allianz in 19. Um, we all ended up at Blackheart afterwards, and I hadn't really seen anybody because I was working the game. So went over the, to the bar just to, like, go say hi to a couple of people. And a group of us start talking to him, and then it turned into me saying, okay, I'll stay for one drink. And then like two hours later, I'm like, yep. dude, I have to go, but we're still talking. <laughs> yep. I think we were in there for like four hours before I was finally like, yeah. okay, I am leaving. For a lot of that time, you don't even notice it because you're so <laughs> no. engaged because all the, the stories, stories keep, super interesting. The stories keep coming and he exactly. asks you questions yes. and wants to wants to hear what you have to say too. Yep. And it, yep. it just keeps going. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, we talked Brazil for a long time once once that door was open, and his oh, his lovely wife was there yeah. as well, and and you know she got involved. And it was, she's it was great. she's cool. She yeah, his wife is really cool too. Um, I remember yeah, I mean, seeing him at a at a Savo practice one time. I was they were sharing the field, and he's sitting at like the small little benches, and I'm like looking at. Him, I was like, is that Carl Craig? And I was like, oh, maybe it is. I was like, so kind of inch over closer, right? Because I'm sitting on a different side of the bench across from him. And then I inch closer. And I was like, I think that is. I was like, man. I was like, and he's just watching. He's just watching practice and taking notes. And I was like, dear <laughs> Lord, I can't even, like, I just come and watch practice and see my kid do something cool. But he yeah. is. Just and these kids, have, these kids have no idea, like, what is happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw him at a Target once. And I told him this. Like, it was not long before. Uh, that day at the bar, I was like, dude, I'm pretty sure I saw you. Do you, are you anywhere near Richfield anytime? I was over there for an appointment and I ran into Target and I saw a dude who looked like you. Of course that was me. Why the F didn't you come up and say hi? <laughs> like, dude, I thought it was kind of weird to be like, hey, from behind, you kind of look like Carl. Yeah, Grant. That was, was exactly. That <laughs> Oh, I was man. I forgot to not mention, but I was like taking pictures and felt like a stalker and sent them to West. He goes, Is that Kyle? He goes, get closer. I was like, I can't freaking tell. <laughs> but yeah, it was. And so like I'm I'm really excited, you know, like when this news came out, our household was like, Nubia was like, What? And I was like, Well, I guess there goes my $89, you know. I mean <laughs> I watch $89 just to watch Carl Craig yell at someone and just you know, Exactly. I mean the, the closest we've been it. in seven years has been yeah. he was he was at mm-hmm. uh forward Madison for a season. Um they had a really rough season that year. It was, you know, coming off of a really good run and then him coming in and he kind of got dealt the short straw on that deal. Um but yeah, it's it's good to see him come back to um a higher level of play uh, it's awesome to have him like hanging out at you know youth training and and things like that but it's good to see him coaching uh yeah um a pro side i agree that's gonna be and, great what well yeah. played Minneapolis. yeah and maybe down the line we'll have coach matt talk about his new role and who knows maybe we could get the gaffer on here just to be able to mm-hmm. to just kind of run over what he what his plans and visions are so look forward to those conversations and um 
It's also an anniversary this week, right? Um, Aurora FC celebrated their one-year Aurora-versary, which um, if you don't remember when they announced the team and all the other stuff, there was like a member video that they made and my family was in it. And I was like, I can't wait. Like, I can't wait for summer to seriously, just for that reason. Because mm-hmm. um, Aurora meant so much, not only to my family, but everything. But I, I wanted you guys to share what your, uh, if you guys had any Aurora fun memories from last season and looking forward to this season. So, uh, Where do you start? So much of it was um, coming off of a few years covering and supporting United uh it kind of made me love the gig again and I was kind of burnt out and had to convince myself to go to a few games but Aurora was never like it was never a question like yep I will be here I will like I was all in um every I feel like every match experience was better than the last there isn't like a there were no negatives. I mean, of course, watching the uh, the final <laughs> not go their way sucked, but um, but it was still a really good time and met some cool new people and um, got to see what this game can be on the women's side here in Minnesota, which we've been told for so long can't su- support or sustain that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's. I'm not going to sit here and pick out particular moments. I think it was all, uh, there were a lot of them for me. Yeah. I'll piggyback off that. I agree with everything you said, Bridget. Um, the vibe, definitely just the, the atmosphere and the experience and seeing that stadium full for essentially every game was out of this world, seeing great play, seeing some sick goals. Um, I'll, I'll, the one moment since Rodrigo's looking for a moment, I will say it's this, it was, being with both of you two in person for the first time. <laughs> that was the, yeah, that was a year the and first a half, two since... years, something yeah. like that. Yep. I was going to bring that, was, that up, but yeah. That was special. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you guys said, like it was just, you know, a reinvigorating sense of love for soccer, but love for community and what community can bring to, to, to us who love, love the game. For me, it was, you know, seeing my kids work and and watch a game right work there but also like having my mom being able to come to a game i think that was large because she's the big big chance big change in uh in soccer she's a big influence for me um but also having little santi just be so excited to come and cheer (laughs) and and wave flags and you know just be in the crowd and yell at the keepers and yell at everyone and just that sense of like was just so invigorating for me it was so amazing and then just having friends right like you eric showing up and then having Luis Pereira's family come out and just like just a bunch of people who we consider friends in a friend circle or community of soccer just attend um and there's sometimes not not the greatest uh summer conditions but regardless we were out there (laughs) there were some hot ones that's true And I still remember when, like, me and Eric, twenty in the shade, right? Uh-huh. When we were trying to um, to get 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 you, Bridget, and the in in the booth to to, to recognize that we were actually <laughs> there, wait. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it was one of my that was one of my favorite things, just because you don't get that kind of like 
connection let's say no. at, a, at, a, at a mls level right you're not you know you can't you yeah. can't do those kind of things and i just think that aspect of it for a lot of people just um got them more excited and i'm looking forward to see what they do this year um and i'm just kind of excited and we were just talking off air right you know for eric for you means that perhaps this will be you know the first time you 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 buy season tickets for a, a team that is in minnesota united in a sense and 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 the uh and the crows right and so like i think that's awesome and i'm looking forward to you know see more more game with you guys and just overall yeah just excited I, you know my my goal for this year will be to attend more games as a fan i ah, went cool. i did one um and sat in the supporter section actually with rodrigo and nubia and the kids and um, my mom came to that one as well um and had a lot of fun uh she was watching every game on tv all season but it was great to bring her out there. Um, but yeah, I want to do more of that this year and um, have the full experience of the, of the game. The press box is a blast. Um, Mark and, and Matt, the Pravatskis, of course, and, and MJ and some other people. But um, yeah, it's all around. Um, they're just a really, really fun experience. So definitely. Yeah, no. And I think that's another thing as well, too. It's just I got to interview. So yeah, I got go to interview Sarah Fuller before she retired fully nice. from sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got I got to see Sarah Fuller uh, a little intoxicated and losing her phone and talking to the Cooligans before she left that Minnesota. Awesome. <laughs> and that was awesome. That was awesome. I was like, that was an awesome night. <laughs> so, so I mean, overall, you know, it's just I think uh, the summer was a lot of highlight for I think a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And so. I'm looking forward to that. So shout out to the Vervantulet for always making things so yeah. interesting. Um and and, and yeah, awesome. I gotta going. figure out my my bike route. That'd be that's the, the next challenge. Get from here yeah. to there on bike. Uh, a little tricky. Matt's Matt's got a couple mapped out. That's right. We gotta talk about that. I mean, it it, it was a mess last year because everything was under construction. There was like no yeah. way, but assuming it should be a there. little I think they're done with that part. Right. That Hopefully one section. Help. Cool. Thank you for that, Rodrigo. It's good. Yeah. It's good to talk about. Um, uh, let's let's go to a very opposite ends of, of good vibes, which is the right. um, U.S. soccer right now. Just or as 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 uh, it's shit little, show. Out as uh, as it's labeled in our notes, U.S. pooper. U.S. Right. pooper. That's right. U.S. pooper. Um, so. I don't even know where to start. Uh, like all all the dominoes are just basically like one dropped, and now everything else is flying. All right. Around, let's so. just. Sort of started. Cra- cra- Take blah, blah, blah. it away. Go ahead. Yeah, we'll Take start. Chronological. With... Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I kept thinking about something else. I think thinking about craniums. I don't know why, but anyways. <laughs> Craniological. It yeah, comes right? comes up all the time. Yeah. That's right. You know, craniums and, and, and logic and time. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. Anyways, speaking of brain or big head, Mr. Brian McBride at the U.S. Men National Team General Manager. Um Resign, right? Um, will not return as general manager to programs. And people were like, whoa, you know, after this whole Gio Reyna Burhalter um, drama that we all seem to hope becomes some sort of either Amazon or Netflix series or even if HBO Max picks it up, that'd be great. But just overall, it's just, it just keeps on growing. So you think, oh, well, you know, Mr. Brick Ride, who um, is not returning, 
all right, well, you know, we we knew there was some some sort of fallout, right? But then we always wonder what was going to happen with Claudio Reyna. Well, Claudio Reyna resigns as Austin FC sporting director amid all this controversy and ends up taking some sort of like general um, role within the club. Uh, and uh, yeah, transition into a technical advisor role, which in uh, MLS terms is like, yeah, you're on your way out, buddy. We're just going to put you behind the desk. <laughs> I also didn't even know that was his job. I didn't realize that he was the uh, doing, running, running that with, uh, with Austin. I, I had kind of forgotten about him. and so we're like well you know as 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 we like to say um everything comes in threes right eric (laughs) indeed yes and the third one uh which is really interesting um the u.s soccer press release and i don't know if you want to dive into this one eric or should i just read it all ongoing you can take it you're on a roll all right well ernie stewart Departs from U.S. Soccer Federation and returns to Netherlands to join PSV and Hoven. So Brian McBride moves from general manager position after three years, uh, and literally, like, this is kind of like somewhat cleaning house in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, which we all are happy in some sort of sense about that. Um, but then, like, it just gets really complicated because the U.S. men national team had a uh, camp, a lot of new faces, um, and they had two friendlies coming up, right? And they one played. of those friend, yeah, yeah, they, they, played, yeah, yeah, they yeah. played two friendlies. You're right, you're right. Um, but um, it was interesting because there was also other news, and where, like, for example, uh, Alejandro Sendejas, who's a FC Dallas product who played for Mexico's uh, national team actually was sanctioned by, um, by FIFA because they forgot to fill out paperwork. Uh, oh, interesting. Alejandro Sendejas. So apparently, you know, if, if you have played one national team game with another team, with another country, and you want to be able to play for another uh, country, you have to fill out this like one-time switch form. Apparently they didn't do that, and so Mexico has to forfeit uh, matches that Alejandro Sendejas played in. Um, also, take a bunch of fines. I think ten thousand dollars in fines, and just overall, Mexico does know, or the U.S. does? Mexico. Weird. Because Mexico. Mexico called them to his national team. So, huh. yeah, it's their it's their duty to like initiate that paperwork. Huh. Wow. That's another layer of drama. Interesting. And and the other layer of drama is that Alejandro Sendejas was selected to play against Serbia and Colombia for the United States. <laughs> so here we are adding more more um you know more more drama into the drama aspect of it. Um nice. it is you know, it's it is one of those things. You know, among among those forfeits listed, uh, a match against Ecuador uh, that um, Mexico played against. Um, let's see, and in a game against uh, Guatemala last April. So, I mean, it's just really interesting how this is all playing out, and it plays out even more because against um, USA versus Serbia. Like Sendejas got a starting role, like, and um, I don't know if I don't know if you guys watched this game, um, 
but um, I thought from this game, like there's a lot of Mexican American players that were on this. You had uh, Alejandro Sendejas, um, Jonathan Gomez, right? Um, you have Brandon Vasquez, um, you know, uh, and then um, I'm glad that dude's finally getting a look. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, like Brandon Vasquez, like. Kate Cowell or Cowbell, as I call him, uh, was like literally a force to reckon with on the wing when he was playing. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm so happy for him because he's a great player. We've seen him live. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, he's like a yeah, really we talk, beefy We talked about year. him a lot, a lot yeah. last year. We did. Yeah. And I think um, he was able to get his, his, his time to shine and, and did really good on that aspect of it. Um, I just don't. I just hope that he gets the chances with San Jose or someone else pick him up or trade him because this kid's about to blow up in some sort of sense and just take over more than he did originally, right? Um, Vasquez scored on a beautiful header. And um, I think out of all the forwards that the U.S. has right now, I think Vasquez is probably the most um, person that is actually in the area of the goal when it comes to set pieces and other things. And so I just think, you know, I would, he seems to fit well within the system. So I think I just, I would just choose him and see him more play more that way. Um, but overall, like the U S lost to Serbia um, to one, but for me, it was just, you know, this was a game of just trying to figure out what you have and what you don't have. Right. Well, these were uh, all like C squads, right? For both the U.S. Well, no, and Syria I think and Colombia. The, the way I saw this, right? The way I saw this is like, and this has to do with Copa America is like, this is, this could be your gold yeah, we'll cup. This, this could be your gold cup squad. You know what I mean? I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. And so like, you need to be able to get them some sort of experience because you need to have two squads for rotation in some sort of sense. And 18 uh, year old goalkeeper, Gabriel Slonina, made you know first 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 cap and um had a, an amazing save right in a sense of like you know like falling back and and just you know being able to grab it we've seen great american goalkeepers u.s u.s goalkeepers you know i can think of tony miola and um who else has done a saves like that just overall a lot of them and it's just it was just a very vibe and the aspect of trying to figure out who you have and what can you do with them. I think Sendejas also did really well, but Sendejas didn't didn't shine until uh Cade left, right? He was subbed out. And I think that was one of the things too. Uh Juan the Juan Jones was really good as a right back. Like he was really like I always look at right backs who quite across the ball and a lot of the times those balls go over. And he was actually crossing the ball low. And there were many chances to do that. So, I mean, for me, even though for a loss, I thought it was a really good vein. I think Adrian Morris, too, was 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 good. Tyler Adams, as always, right? Um, and right I'm just I'm just hoping to look for it. Against, against Colombia, it was a little bit of different different take. But Colombia really, I think this was a game to figure out how do you deal with the quickness and physicality of the Coma ball? Because it was a physical game. And... I think there there were some bright spots, but the 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 tie is is, is something right, and this is also a different squad for uh, Colombia, so it was good. Right. I think Andrew Aronson did a good job. Um, I think Sandejas did as well. 
again, Cade, and then you got Cade didn't play, but Brandon Vasquez came in and he was, he was that. Um, and I think it's just overall, you know, didn't somebody um, hit the post like two or three times? Yeah, that, no, that was the first first game against Serbia. Kate, Kate, okay. I think her hit it like four times almost. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, overall, like I think it's just how do you get things going again, right? Specifically with all the turmoil that well, the U.S. men's national that's team. That's that. I mean, it, it also kind of helps you define your your coaching search. Like, yeah. the coaches know what they're working with. I would assume that they're there's maybe a short list or at least a long list who kind of know they're on the long list who are watching these and kind of seeing, um, you know, if, if their system fits with these players that we do have, um, I think it'll, it'll help that in the long run instead of, you know, maybe we should always do it that way. <laughs> have, mm-hmm. have some, some assistant coach or, uh, you know, whoever's, whoever's acting in place of uh, just kind of, give a showcase of what of what players you do have on your national side um, to kind of help define where you, where right. you look for head coach. I think yeah, the latest think Anthony, name attached as of today is, is Bielsa, which actually may not be a bad thing, but I, it, I wouldn't mind that. No, I, I just want visuals in Moody and chaos and energy. Please just bring me the, the chaos. I think, you know, amazing. I still want, I just, I just, I still want Ricardo Gareca to come in. And, I like. And, I'd be okay with that, actually. And just I'd, rock I'd okay it. Yeah. Problem would but, be the uh, comunicación, but that's okay. Who knows? He's Argentinian. He's just gonna There's... yell and be loud. And I mean, <laughs> it, it worked for um, the San Jose former coach. I don't see why. That's, I was gonna say, like it, it works out. It's not like yeah, it's I mean, never yeah. been done can't, here before. I can't wait to have translators get yellow cards again. I think that was the highlight of. <laughs> oh, so good, so good. It's amazing that they're. Just to think that they're out there playing these matches when you have a uh, interim coach and an entire uh, federation behind it that's just in complete collapse. <laughs> there's like, there's not a, a manager. There's there's not a, a president department. Man, head. doesn't it it's doesn't like it make you thankful hole. that there won't be a World Cup hosted here? Anytime oh, Bridget, soon? coming hard. Boom. Well played. I give you snaps. <laughs> and well speaking speaking of world cup um a great uh soccer mind and advocate uh, we all talked about grant wall before but um the soccer hall of fame actually uh was named grant wall the colin Jose media award winner which is awarded to like um shall we say soccer folks or um who have made a great impact in the game and we all can see that you know he's left a legacy and helped grow the game um through his coverage from you know sports illustrators fox sports cbs his own uh football with grant wall podcast and as well all the things that they were doing at the world cup before um before they before they passed away and so i think you know that's awesome and the national soccer hall of fame induction will be in frisco texas and um in addition to those, the the Hall of Fame class actually includes Demarcus Beasley, which I'm really excited about. Um, Landon Donovan, you know how I feel about Landy Cakes. Um, Jill Ellis, uh, Lorene Shani Holiday, Kate Sobrero, McGrath, and Slavisa Steve Sungul. So, so I'm glad that Grant Wall is getting the respect that 
that they need and posthumously, but I hope that we are able to just do more in that sense. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. the national team will have uh, a jersey with his name on it um, and a spot set up for him in the press box at every match uh, they play cool. leading That's up to nice. the next World Cup. Um, also, if you didn't get in on the first run of the Grant Wall, uh, yeah, I need to get in tribute. That shirts all of new york opened it up again to do another run so check them out i got mine last week it's even better in person than it is uh in the photos um oh, one of those i don't think i've seen it i'd like to get yeah, i'll send it old, to old school scarves though yeah um, no I, right. I that's on my list to get a grant wall kit and then also to get me a revontulet uh zip up hoodie yeah um, <laughs> Because just I so we uh, in, so. can can wrap up at a good time here, Rodrigo, you got a whole bunch of NWSL stuff here, so maybe two minutes a piece, uh, turbo round. All right, so this section of NWSL is brought to you by um, this news by Nubia with the busted knee. Um, they've been uh, a very bit NWSL ad event, so we'll go ahead. Um, the Thorns hire a new CEO, which is uh, Heather Davis. Um, so that's one of the becomes the chief executive. Um, and I think that that that's a very decent move. Kelly O'Hara, for example, officially announced a sign with Gotham FC. Um, those are some of the transfer news. Um, this is kind of really interesting. Angel City trades Kerry Rokario to Chicago Red Stars for allocation money. We need to come up with like a term for allocation money because like in MLS we have Garber bucks. What are we going to call it for the NWSL? That's what I want to come up. Um, and rumors has it that Angel City is working on a big signing, which is why they were actually trading for the money. Um, also, Angel City signed midfield forward Kitty Johnson, former Mexican women's national team player. Uh, the Red Stars, uh, this is for you, Eric, signed Brazilian Julia. Is it Bianchi or Bianchi? They do it like Italian, so yeah, Bianchi. 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 So to do your contract, the defensive midfielder joins the team from Palmeiras. Oh, nice. The first Brazilian yeah. signed for They're club so since Christ- Christine. And Formiga uh, during the WPS era. There's a big trade news. Racing Louisville trades Emily Fox to North Carolina. Courage for Abby Ersick and Carson Pickett. I thought that was uh, that. That's pretty big. And probably the one that we've put in a Twitterless Eric uh, section that Twitter that that Eric has had to mute because it's uh, we, we we cut into his study time and his True. skiing time and his bigotes time and his. <laughs> I don't know what else, you know, he wants to call it. Um, it's mostly the first one. <laughs> uh, bigotes? Yeah, I thought that's what it no. was. Uh, I, I agree, you know. Bigotes <laughs> seems to be the, the thing to go these days. Uh, Portland Thorns fire assistant coach and head athletic, athletic trainer following investigation. So the head athletic trainer is actually Crystal Dunn's husband. Um, so, so that was one of the, you're like, whoa, you're like, oh. And apparently it was because he um, admitted um, medication without consent. Um, Ooh, yeah, that's not good. That's not good. So, um, I mean, also the assistant coach that got fired, um, you know, apparently what they did is they, they kissed somebody on the neck during celebration of the winning and, uh, so Sobier, who is the husband of Thorns midfielder Crystal Dunn, was hired as a team athletic trainer back in 2019. Uh, the in- investigation found that the team doctor, Brian Brown, provided Sobier with a separate controlled substance at his request. 
uh, and he uh, uh, and he administered that to some players in, I think, was it the LA? One of the, one of the quarterfinal games, um, on multiple nice. occasions without prescription and a physician. So that makes it just, <sighs> yep. And so yeah, and it was it was when the doctor realized that maybe they shouldn't have given it to him because he can't technically legally professionally get administer coding. Uh, the doctor tried to like take it back and say no, but it was too late. So um, that is how they found out about the whole thing. Yeah, I just don't know how the doctor in this situation does not get some sort of reprimand and fine. Right. You know yeah. Because I mean? like, they right. They knew that they shouldn't give it to him. Right. Exactly. Right. He's like, oh, yeah, maybe you should give it back to me. Oh, you used it already. Uh, well, don't give it back to me then. Brutal. Yeah, I don't All understand. Right. Well, that was great. I, I, I was said I said two minutes apiece. You got the whole thing done in like three. So, hey, well I'm, I'm trying to deliver. I'm just trying to make it, you know, as best as I can. Um, but yeah, these instead stuff, of Garber bucks, I've got an option for you. What's Natalie that? Portman bucks. Ooh, Portman bucks. <laughs> Portman bucks. Portman bucks. Pucks. Oh, pucks. pucks? Like a hockey puck? <laughs> pucks. I think uh, we, I think we, there you go. We're going to call it pucks. I like that. Thank you. Right on. <laughs> awesome. Pucks money. We'll take a break pucks. with pucks with a P with a P. Thank you very much for listening to the show. Join the Patreon at patreon.com backwards slash Minnesota Football Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Minnesota Football Show, which is actually the international news section. And um, we'll start with a little bit of the Lyon women's, um, um, I don't know, shall we say, not controversy, but just unfairness or just greediness. Of 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 the of the Olympic go controversy. There's, there's yeah. a little bit of a fiasco here because I mean we've we've heard some stories kind of similar to this, but to see it actually all laid out like this is pretty gross, pretty bad. But yeah, and so um, so former player uh, Sarah Bjork, uh, Gunnar's daughter, um, wrote an article um on the Players Tribune and how literally Leon failed to support. The midfielder during an during and after her pregnancy by denying her full pay. So um, there's a lot of like I read this article and I was just like just angry about the fact that you know this player was considered to be and the, the thing that bugged me the most is that everyone kept talking on the team that she was the first player and and Olympic Leones to be to become pregnant. And that was a big deal. And I was like, so does that mean that you guys don't value familyhood or what is it that you that, that and so like when that I read that, I was like, this is going nowhere real fast. And what it was is um um they weren't giving her the money that she was owed. And then the club pretty much just uh, after she inquired through her agent about pay, they said that they were only gonna pay her for the amount of time that she was with the club and not while um, she was some sort of leave, right? 
and because of some sort of French law. Um, and well, um, Sarah, who just was in a position, you know, pretty much told that if she were to have some sort of legal um, action, she would take that she more likely would never come back to play for Lyon. Um, and so this just grows to be like a much bigger um, drama. And anyone who can go ahead and read the article, uh, I think we retweeted it, uh, but we'll retweet it again. It's a really, it's a really interesting article, but it's also, um, it's really interesting because it also involved the, the FIF Pro, the fifth Pro, um, who pretty much won a landmark paternity pay case and released a, the statement of fifth Pro congratulates Sarah Bjork, Gunnar, Gunnar's daughter, on her successful claim against Olympic Lyonnais over the club's failure to pay her full salary during pregnancy. We are pleased to have assisted her in achieving the first ruling of its kind since FIFA maternity regulations came into force in January 2021. You know, which and, is also wild that it just exactly came into existence that's the thing. in 2021. <laughs> when I read that, oh, I was like, brutal. oh, so that's why Olympic Olean said that nobody gets pregnant in her team. Like they yeah. must have like some sort of unwritten rule. But well, there's, and, I mean, there's in all sports, there's kind of a, a belief that you can't be a mother and still be a professional athlete at the same time and we've seen this come up uh repeatedly um if you just consider like the last summer olympics um and the winter olympics as well mid-covid um you know talking about track star allison felix uh you know being a, a mother to a a young child with um and like through her comp competitive career and then uh, with the Winter Olympics of, and I think women's soccer was on the forefront of this as well. Yep. Um, but you know, being able to bring your children with you uh, when you're when you're traveling to play, and um, you know, to to be able to nurse them because obviously the kid doesn't stop eating just because you have to play a game in whatever country. Um, so it's yeah, it's probably kind of a not exactly a taboo, but, you know, kind of seen that way, like pregnancy is the end of your career and Europe is a little bit, um, as we've seen all around, uh, the women's game in Europe is a, a little behind in terms of um, that progressive uh, policy value. So um, in a way, I'm kind of not surprised, which sucks. Um but it's also just such a blatant, like, even though it's the, there's no way it's the first time it's happened. It's the first yes. time she's been like, okay, but I can keep playing. You know, people, people probably like just step out. I don't know. That's what I was going to go with it. Like to, to that point, I think she just kind of lucked out that a, she probably had a really good lawyer or lawyers plural and B that by luck and chance FIFA pro got behind her as well to actually push right. this thing through because then because yeah. like bridget's saying like how many people didn't get those chances they either didn't have exactly. a legal team or didn't get p pro like how how many how many women fell in the cracks and that's the thing is like the fact that this rule was adopted in 2021 just it feels like it's like you know 80 years too late in a sense for that you know right yeah and so like it's 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 one of those things too because you, you look at um 
if anyone wants to disprove that theory, it's so easily just 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 look at Crystal Dunn, look at Alex yeah. Morgan, yeah. look at um, you know Morgan's all the parents. Morgan's been so good about that, just like social media wise. Right. Like she I has mean, her kids with her <laughs> all the time, and it's uh-huh. great. Yep. And look at Sydney Larue, right? If any of yeah. those players are, right. are if anyone stars like a, a TV series, it has to be Sydney Larue because she's loves to clown and she's, the kids. And she's doing it. She's doing it mostly alone. Like yeah. she she doesn't have. Dom around to to uh you know watch them and like take turns while they're each at training or whatever. Um like it can be done and everyone is fine. Like her kids are thriving. They'll they'll yeah, be fine. And that's, and that's the thing is like that's one of the things that bugs me the most is like um how this kind of played. I'm glad that this we got this result and hopefully this sends a message to not only European teams, but all teams, all women club teams that, you know, if this isn't adapted already into your regulations, it's something that needs to be done ASAP. hundred percent. So hundred percent. Um, yeah, please. Another, another women's note that I forgot to add to the notes, but it just showed up in my feed again. Uh, us postal service will dedicate a women's soccer commemorative forever stamp at the sheet believes cup in Orlando on February 16th. I put it up uh, on the IG. It's it's awesome. It's a great yeah, thing. yeah. Uh, red, white, and blue colors. The woman kicking the ball. Um, yeah, really cool design. You can see the the long hair and yeah, um, it's kind of got that uh, that late thirties uh, like the CNT, the Spanish anarchist kind of vibe, uh, old communist yeah. kind of vibe style. It's cool. Or even Cubi- uh, cubism, right? Cubism. Yeah, my art. Yeah, <laughs> even even like eighties, nineties sports, uh, European sports yeah. logos. Mm-hmm. Um, and for all for all of the crap that USPS has been getting, rightfully so, mm-hmm. um, for their operations to uh, um, to still do things like these, um, they always come out with a really good one. So it's good to see this one. Yes. 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 Yeah. I just, um, let's see. I, I want this in poster size, to be honest. Yes. Just so I can, yes. It's really cool. It really frame yeah, it and just put would, it up somewhere. I would definitely buy a few of these and not use them. Mm-hmm. So. Let's do. I think I can do these two together. Um, I'll, I'll do. I'll do Vini first. Just. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I, I put it up on the social media on IG. It, it, it was terrible. Um, I'm sure a lot of you saw. Uh, somewhere in Madrid. The, the big uh, derby was was coming up between uh, Real and Atletico. We've already talked about it a lot, all the abuse that uh, Vinny Jr. has received, the racist abuse, and some morons, racist jerks, decided to do hang an effigy with his jersey from a bridge, and it, it was just gross and terrible and sad that that even happened. And, of course, it, it was picked up and blasted. Throughout the world, uh, especially in Brazil, it was, it was really took off there and really upsetting for a lot of people in Brazil, obviously. Um, and then the the match actually happened. I, I, I forgot what day it went down. I think it was like a Wednesday or a Thursday. And Such a fun thing did, to watch. Oh, they just they just wiped the floor with them three to one. Well, well I but mean, the real yeah, story the there thing... is. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say it's Vinny Junior. Like I, I don't know he. He kind of absorbed all that negative energy and, and just turned it into like a spectacular match because he he assists on the second goal. Rodrigo has 
has a Maradona goal, basically goes through like six or seven Atletico players. I don't know if you saw that one, Rodrigo. It was beautiful to score. Um, then he assists on the second, and then he scores. Uh, Vinicius Jr. does the third goal. So yeah, he gets out yeah. of there with a goal and an assist. It's just to be like, you know what? Two it's, middle uh, fingers. It's splendid, right? It's like, wow. Yeah. It's 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 beautiful. And I think that was the thing because it was tied 1-1 for the longest, and then it was extra time where everything went down. And so like... I love the fact that he was just able to put the stamp on the whole thing. And I'm not, and I'm not a Real Madrid um, supporter or anything like that, but just to be able to see how Vinny's doing um, yeah. and how is he able to silence silence that 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 hate. But at the same time, you know, it's even though both clubs were able to say that, you know, they don't condone, I don't feel like the league's doing anything about it. No, no. I, and I it's just though, like, you know, it's just though cosmetic. It's like, well, we condone these actions. That's it. it. It was a home match and it was, it was cool to see the solidarity. Like the Real Madrid supporters were very vocal and very, very supportive. And, and, and to your point too, I, I've said this before on, on previous shows when we've talked about uh, him in this case, it's like, you know, I'm an ingrained Barca guy for decades at this point. So it's hard for me to, to, again, like you said, go for Real Madrid, but I, I find myself, you know, I, I, I love Vinicius Jr. so much and Rodrigo and it, it's hard for me not to go for him at this very moment. So I, I, I'm, it's, it's, it feels uncomfortable, but I'm doing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just because they're, they're, they're dealing with everything and, and still thriving. Right. Season, I mean, like you said, reason for the only reason I, I would follow Real Madrid or Vinny. That's the only reason, to be honest with you. You know, I in yeah. my household we're like more Bar. Well, everyone else is Barca. I am Barca by association, but just overall, you know, just uh, you know, that's the one thing that that, that keeps on happening. And, just, and to be able to see Griezmann get you know <laughs> get his butt kicked is always is always fun. So yeah, if if they had like a big public statement, the coach in the in the front office, and they like did a did a a, a big apology for their terrible history and just said, you know, yes, that happened. And we're not a part of that. We're trying to do something different. Look at Vinicius Jr. He's, he's the representative of who we are and what we want to be. I'd be like, awesome. That was great. I, I will I greatly appreciate something like that. That'd be good. Um, we had a uh, Brazil Supercopa because why not just more excuses for, for money grabs and, and more, you know, extra get matches, but this is the Copa do Brasil winner, which was Flamengo last year, uh, and the Brasileirão winner, which was Palmeiras last year. They played yesterday. <laughs> Defense optional match. The final score was Palmeiras four, Flamengo three. Uh, lots of goals, just back and forth. I, I put up on IG one of the best goals, probably the best goal, was actually one of the Flamengo goals. I don't know if you guys got to see this thing, but it was it's a, it's a no look back heel. It's just spectacular. It's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful goal. But Palmeiras, they get they get to lift whatever this new invented cup is. So good for them. Um, I'll throw to you, Rodrigo, for a bunch of Uruguay drama and mess here. This actually goes back to the World Cup um, when they played uh, Ghana. This was post-match, right? When it all kind of like blew yeah. up. Yeah. Go ahead. It's hilarious. We all remember, we remember laughing at Uruguay oh, players. Could, that's right, because they they went after the VAR machine. Yeah, yep. Cavani was able to beat up the the, the VAR machine after um, the game was over. Everyone went after the ref, um, and um, FIFA 
sanctioned um, the players. And I think everyone pretty much, I think Cavani got one game. Other folks got two or three games. And we were all wondering when this was going to happen. But like overall, like I thought, you know, if you smack a VAR machine, you should get let you should get more than one game suspension, you know, like like but apparently, you know, an assistant referee, a virtual assistant referee doesn't matter or doesn't count. Um, so but yeah, um that's kind of the funny thing about these news and um I'm kinda I kind of expected it, but there, there's a lot though here though. I mean, Jimenez gets a four match ban, Muslera four, Cavani one, Godin one. Like, you know, in the long run, it may not hurt him, but in the short run, that's those are some key players. Yeah. Now <laughs> I wonder, you know, if this applies to what our next news comes to is. Yeah, let's do it. Good segue. Is the uh, what's going to happen in the aspects of Copa America? So, or as we call it, the, the, the as you as you title it, the the Cone Mekaf. Con Mekaf. Let's realize it. Yeah. Hashtag abolish Concacaf. This this is this is impressive. Like I I don't know a lot. Um, I'm guessing R- R- Rodrigo and Bridget, you guys don't know a whole lot either. But um, apparently the the confederations are talking. There's going to be a lot more collaboration, which is what we've been advocating for for years on this program. Um, not just the centenario that happened, but making it more like a regular thing. For, mostly for the benefit of the U.S. men's and national team, honestly. Like, they're the ones that are going to get the most out of it. Uh, so we're talking about, at least right now, on the men's side, uh, next year, 2024, Copa America will be in the United States, which is huge. Uh, 16 teams, uh, all everybody from Comebo, as expected. Six CONCACAF teams. And you guys just told me before we started to record, Morocco might be the guest invite? Yeah. I mean that's, that's the rumors right now, and I think that'd be it. awesome and have Morocco in this in, in this tournament. I love it. I love it. Um, then what else we got? Uh, a, a Nations League that might also have a little bit of a mix. Oh no, uh, this this to me kind of sounds like it says Concacaf teams to qualify through. Oh, j- j- just qualify through the Nations League. I see. I see. Yeah, I see. yeah. That no, but I think the most exciting news for me, and we talked about this. Ever since Komemo made his announcement and investment in in women's women's soccer a couple of years ago, is that the 2024 Concacaf Gold Cup for the women's will take place, but also the the um, for now on the the Copa America as well too. And so, like, I think that just finally is able to put some light, and I guess some money and funding to the nations in Latin America that are not getting the fundings. We've all heard the stories from Colombia, from Chile, from Argentina, even right in Brazil, how they are um, not being treated correctly. And in addition to the club competition, right. Uh, For, for, um, and that's going to be the interesting one. I think overall, like for me, it's just, I'm really happy that, you know, when I made that when when I talked about the announcement a couple of years ago for Comebol Ball that they were actually going to do something, that they're actually trying to do something. And and I think I'm excited because the last time I went to a Copa America game was in the Centenario in 2016. And G and Santi were all tiny and Isa were all tiny. Um and they were able to watch their their hero, Messi, score uh, score Messi. against Panama. And now, like seriously, like we get to do that in 2024 and I might get to watch Peru. 
you might get to watch Brazil. We might get to watch Argentina. I mean, I'm willing to drive as far as Boston to be able to get this, to to, <laughs> well, to watch the 2024 game. So yeah, I mean, who knows? We might we might get something here. They they might come it, being the summer. Um, but but for the women's side, we're ta- we're talking 12 teams, eight Concacaf and four Comebol, and the Comebol will be taken from the women's Copa America. It's kind of the opposite here. Where, whereas on the men's side, it's beneficial to right. U.S. men's national team. For this one, it's going to be beneficial for all those Comebol teams, so that Argentina, Brazil, whoever get more finally a turn the U.S. Yeah, and finally a tournament where they'll get paid for each of those. Yes, each of also, those matches. Also. Also, definitely. Um, and then finally, as if that weren't enough, they're talking about doing some club stuff as well here. Um, it sounds like, from, from what I gather, this sounds similar to what we were, what I was talking about, all these Super Cup things like we had in Brazil or that they have in Europe. You know, It's just an, another invented thing, but it's good because we're kind of talking about, um, it sounds like the winner of maybe Libertadores playing the winner of uh, CONCACAF Champions League. Is that kind of the thing? Two from each confederation? Kind of the vibe that I'm getting. It's not really specified here. First edition, best clubs from Comebol, CONCACAF. Uh, clubs will qualify through Comebol, CONCACAF club competitions. So, I mean, not, not a lot of details, but it sounds like, you know, yeah, it'd be it's like... like Sudamericana and Libertadores. Against, um, what would it be? Like the... And And then... Uh, Open Cup, something like that. I don't know about Open Cup, but I think mostly just, you know. What's, but what's I, I think this is going down? to be very Mexico. Um, Leagues Cup, that's a thing now. Right? Yeah, Leagues Cup. Yeah, I yeah. think very Mexico. Um, um, some MLS teams, but a lot of Brazilian and Argentinian teams are going to be in this. And I mean, if it gets to play, if this gets to be somehow play in the United States, imagine going to go see Boca Juniors at you know. At Rose Bowl or something like that, you know yeah. how big mm-hmm. that would be, uh, or or seeing uh, Palmeiras or you know or Flamengo, you know in certain parts of the United States. I mean yeah. that that's a huge draw, and especially yeah. you know. And I think we always talked about how like the 1994 World Cup, there wasn't as much hype um, invested into you know hosting it, but this year, but this next World Cup is like you can totally see that the planning is. We have to build. We have to build until the end, and especially since both Mexico and the United States um, and Canada are not going to be able to, um, you know, they don't have to qualify. You know, they're already qualified, so they have to be able to get as much tournament play as they can. And this is where I was. I was urging to the friendlies that we've seen from the U.S. That could be your Gold Cup team, mm-hmm. and you send your senior team that needs the most of the experience. Uh, Specifically, you send them to these competitions, right? Oh yeah, uh, definitely. You, the the big boys. And if it go doesn't to work America. that way, then, they, <laughs> then if it doesn't work that way, like we said, the, the United States uh, Federation is really doing harm to themselves in that matter. It's not exposing <laughs> yeah. themselves, but so, but you never know. I mean, you know, this would be. They don't say when, right? But I'm assuming it would be. Oh yeah, let's say summer 2024. So just in theory, imagine, 2024 is going to be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I mean it's it's basically like we get a get a uh, a mini World Cup basically before the 26 World Cup, so that'll be that'll be great. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, very um, excited. I'm glad it's happening. It's it's it's, yeah. it's so overdue. Like I know Rodrigo, you and I specifically have been talking about this for at least a decade. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> um, 
what's the big breaking news uh, with Weston McKinney? This actually ties in directly to what we were talking about last week because you were talking you uh, talked about the Juventus story, Rodrigo, and people like jumping ship and trying to get out. Weston McKinney being one of those we were most pointing to, and you know here it is. Uh, Jesse Marsh did Jesse Marsh things and reached out and. Apparently it's done a uh, $1.2 million loan with option to buy. There's some other stuff in there as well, but I mean, pretty awesome. Going to Leeds, joining his homies, joining the Jesse March's coach. It's right. Leeds USA <laughs> is pretty much what yeah. that is. And it's yeah. exciting. I mean, a $2 million loan, uh, but with a $33 million um, buyout class, I mean, that's pretty cheap, I think. For what seems to be one of the one of the key figures in the U.S. men national team, I mean, that's just going to be fun. Like that's gonna make me watch Leeds more. I already watch Brighton more than I should. Um, I don't watch Liverpool, but that's just you know, just my stands. Um, uh, but overall, just I think it's going to be something that is going to be really exciting. And this is well, and- you know Jesse Marsh's uh, audition to be the, to be to fall some sort of position in the U.S. U.S. Men Federation, um, in some yeah. sort of way. Who knows? But yeah, if you can make these three players work together, um, you know, sky's the limit. So, well, I was going to mention that, you know, Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney—they've been playing together since they were teenagers, since they were like thirteen or fourteen years old. And you, you could see it in the World Cup too, where they 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 have that that energy and that that knowledge of just who's going to do what, who's going to zig before they zag, kind of a thing that you just can't teach because they've just been playing together for so long. So to, to see that on a more regular basis will be, will be really fun. Uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty freaking cool. Um, FA cup. I don't think we had a whole bunch of, well, Bridget doesn't want to talk about, <laughs> about Liverpool. That'd be the big surprise. I think I was going to say, there haven't been any big surprises. That's the big one. Brighton two, Liverpool one. Uh, second time in what a month or so, Bridget, that they've gone mm, down to Brighton. Yep. Ouch. Yep. Um, five games will be at least five matches will need to be replayed on Tuesday. Thanks Gosh. to the stupid rule. Uh, I, I don't um, comprehend the replay except for giving the advantage to uh, sell out stadiums for the smaller clubs, which I'm totally for. Right. But I just think they should just make that again. I'll say I'll just they should just make that the rule. Like all the games should be played at smaller stadiums. That's yeah. it. Yeah. replays are dumb especially because you get no points out of out of the first one so what's the point exactly you know? yeah just wipes wipes the result um the last match happening today is Wrexham Sheffield United uh they are at halftime now with Sheffield up 1-0 let's go Wrexham Wrexham being the team listeners I'm sure you probably know but obviously this is the Ryan Reynolds and the other dude who I always forget that owned the team and have McElhinney thank you Macklemore, what? Not, not Macklemore. Casimiro <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, had a, a hell of a match yesterday as well with uh, Manchester United and Reading. I think he he pulled a he scored a brace. I did not get to see it, but uh, oh, his goals are beautiful. Player. So he's a great player. Yeah, I'm happy for him just getting the time. Actually, I think Man United is finally turning over a leaf. You know, like. Mm-hmm. And the coach is doing a great job, but overall, just you know, setting the tone and setting the setting the the expectations and the rotation. I think, you know, and I think Casemiro is doing great in that aspect of it. And yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing more more highlights from from um, you know Case. 
the more I think about it, I mean, he's he's going to be in his deep 30s by by 2026 but i i still think he'll probably make the team i mean even if it's just kind of be a cheerleader look if he's playing the same way that he's playing now why wouldn't you i know exactly you get you get veteran help and he doesn't mean he has to play 60 minutes he can play 30 minutes or he can come in a situation where you need you need to control i mean yeah i mean if 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 um if Messi is going to keep on playing, if um, Modric is going to be keep on playing, I mean, why not Casemiro? You know, 50 is the new 20. Um, Parana, this this is incredible. Uh, we, we spent a lot of time last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago. No, it was last week. Yeah, I get them all confused. We talked about uh, what happened in Curitiba with the, the preoccupations of, of supporter violence and the directorship. Uh, stepping in and basically clearing all the men and saying no, no men are going to sit in supporters. And it was only uh, women and kids and youth up to twelve. Surprise, surprise! There were no issues. The game was great. You got to hear all the uh, amazing chants and energy from from the women and the kids, and it was awesome. And it happened again. <laughs> Different team, same state in Paraná. This time with uh, Atlético Paranaense, and. More of the same. Uh, Thirty-seven thousand showed, and kind of the same thing. They were they were worried about uh, violence, and did yeah, just kind of cut and paste. And it again, it looked awesome. All women and kids and youth, just enjoying life and having a good time, and solve the issue. So I guess the question is, I, I wonder how these these this is all state tournament stuff happening in preseason for Brazilian. So I'm wondering if it's going to continue. And then if it does continue, uh, I wonder if it'll start to get exported at all. I, I mean, I'm not for violence in soccer, but if these other male fans want to just keep on being violent so we get more closed doors uh, games and have more women and, and children join the stadium, I'm all for it. In that sense, it's like I'm like, I, I, I think this is great. Like, this makes me super happy. Just like last time, like, seeing the images and seeing the children and seeing just a great atmosphere. Yeah, I think everybody's just having be, their best life. Yeah, just you know, having a great and time. It, and it proves that, you know, women and kids can be just as loud out there and just as supportive as yes. men. Um, they were still out there waving the giant flags and, and yep. being just as loud and all the, the videos chance. that I saw. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's um, so many, so many leagues, or cl- and clubs and supporters groups might say that, you know, it's like the men's thing. Um, mm-hmm. But clearly it doesn't have to be. That's right. Uh, 37,000. Right. Shout out to, uh, once again, former co-host, <laughs> Elisa. <laughs> it is indeed the men, as, as you said. And <laughs> here, we, here we go again. No, I mean, it's true. And I think here's the, here's the thing that's really interesting to me. Like, if I am an owner of a club... And I get the option to deal with supporters who are violent, all that kind of other stuff. And I have to deal with that drama and have to deal with that PR or deal with a supporter group that is more, say, in, in the midst of what you want. And how hard of a decision is that? You know what I mean? Just ban all men. Ban all men from sporting events. I'm okay watching through my TV. Yeah, I mean, what you putting the two things together, I mean, 
we're, we're talking about an alternative to, to doing a closed door thing, right? Like we can still have a match and still have the same energy and the same vibe with just making that one tweak and solving the problem. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting. My curiosity is leading me to see how far this will go. Will, will it, will it go into regular season play? Will it go into uh, UEFA? Will it go into CONCACAF? You know, how, right. how far will it go? And I think that's, that's a, that's a great conversation to have down the road as well, too. But as, as long as male support, males and supporter groups keep on being violent and obnoxious, like they are, and giving these opportunities, then that's what's really going to lead that discussion, right? The more this happens yeah. and the more it becomes more visible. Like, I wish we could see this in the Argentinian league. <laughs> this is oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I didn't, I didn't even and mention this- other Comebol for sure. And I will point out that doesn't mean that it's only the men who behave like that in soccer oh, stadiums. No. Yeah. I mean, we've we've all seen plenty, we've um, seen plenty of women in, the, in soccer also. and and other sports. But um, yeah. but yeah, for it to be uh, there's there's an obvious uh, like ratio Relation. with mm-hmm. uh, with these teams that we're talking about in these leagues. Definitely. So so I, I bring it back too to this this new guy who's again the first. Uh, Sebe Afi president that identifies proudly as BIPOC, uh, African and indigenous from Bahia. And he, this is the same guy that is, is pushing for the, the point doc for racism, which again would be a, a revolutionary thing if it starts in Brazil and then we hope might spread throughout the rest of the, of the countries and confederations. It, 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 uh, it would surprise me if he didn't hear about this and sign off on it some way you know what i'm saying because it's still within the confederation even though it's through the the parana uh state federation i guess that are actually doing it but there, there's no way he didn't know about it just be like yeah yeah do that <laughs> he, he he seems like a big deal like he seems like a, a, a force for legitimate change in not just brazilian league football but maybe world football which is which is cool which you know I'm trying not to look into it too much because I don't know, but he's he's making moves that like nobody's ever done <laughs> in the history of, of not just Brazilian football, but football in general. So it's kind of it's got my attention. Let's just leave it there. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a good place to end. Some really good news and some happy stuff. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Groovy. Well, all right. Thank you esteemed co-hosts as always and thank you listeners uh if you want to support the program it is uh patreon.com backslash mn football show and yeah that'll do it um come on rexon let's get this thing done keep the dream alive It'd be amazing <laughs> keep something see, alive yeah right you know <laughs> right on we'll stay warm everybody it's it's a it's a cold one out there but uh yes we'll keep oh here here it comes we'll keep bringing the heat with great football coverage, local, national, and international on Minnesota Football Show. While while fighting the oppressive whiteness outside, yes. <laughs> it's more the oppressive cold. It's white, but it's it's more the oppressive cold. It's colorblind. The cold is colorblind. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Ciao. All right.